Welcome back, everybody, to a brand new episode of the Movies and Brews podcast, where we talk movies and we drink some brews. I'm Jordan, and staring me through the screen here is Mr. Ricardo himself, Daniel. Lucy, I'm home. Today, we are talking the Aaron Sorkin film, Being the Ricardos. So sit back, relax, grab a drink, and let's sit down for the table read. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, last night I was watching Gombo to Fire. Like, how oh, I built that scene. I built that scene. Oh, I built that scene. <laughs> nice. It made me want to come home and build the clock tower because that's got the winter ball. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Oh, cool. Nowhere to put it, though. Jordan, I'd, I'd kill for that goddamn Hogwarts set. All right. Well, let's get into it here. So let's see. What am I drinking here? Upright Brewing Snake Hips Stout. Called E9. So that's good. Yeah, I've got one from Three Magnets uh, Brewing called the Rain IPA. And yeah, it's not my favorite. I I don't have a lot by them. It's it's okay. It's kind of bitter, a little bit more bitter than I like. Oh, sorry. Snake Hips Stout is the uh, that's the name of the beer. It's a collaboration between Upright Brewing and E Nine. E Nine is another brewery. My bad. Okay, okay. It's not bad. Um, it could be a little. I don't know. A little thicker, maybe. It seems thicker. a little thin. It seems a little thin for a stout. But otherwise, it's got some good flavor to it. Okay. All right, let's get into some movie news here. I know there's at least been a teaser trailer out there. Yeah, yeah, because one of the, yeah, the first thing that I saw was the only trailer that I really saw this week was the teaser trailer for the apparently Netflix uh, published uh, Pinocchio by Guillermo del Toro. And it's a very teaser trailer, has a slight narration from Jiminy Cricket, voiced by Ian McGregor. Oh, okay. I didn't know that was his voice. Yeah. And honestly, I was surprised, like, you know, Pinocchio, <laughs> when I think of live action Pinocchio, I think of like the Jonathan Taylor Thomas Pinocchio that came out in like 19 something. Still, I've never seen that. Yeah. Like and that movie used to scare the shit out of me. And even the, even the, like animated Pinocchio was still scared the crap out of me, especially with all you know, they just all get kidnapped and sent to the island. Always scared the crap of me as a kid, yeah. no matter how I saw it. I, I used to love Pinocchio, I enjoyed it. Maybe it was the darkness. I did, I, for some reason, I used to really enjoy Pinocchio. Um, I've only seen a couple um versions of it. I'm looking forward to this one, something different. I know part of me is like, oh, another Pinocchio retelling, but yeah. I, the director is what gets my attention. Yeah, Guillermo del always great, uh, usually at least. But yeah, I honestly didn't expect when I saw the teaser, I didn't you know know anything about. It. I just knew of the project, but it looked like it's going to be stop motion animation. I don't think it's claymation, but it definitely looked like stop motion, uh, which I always love. So I'm more interested to check it out, especially since it's going to be on Netflix. Definitely no reason not to. Yeah, when is it slated? End of the year, December. I believe so. Yeah, I think we got it white still, but that's cool though. Yeah, I'm excited to check it out. 
honestly wasn't expecting to be i'll watch it why uh but speaking of disney so this is one of the things that i kept hearing about and again with disney making live action remakes of all the movies didn't think this was going to be one of them oh let me guess Uh, but i guess what haven't they done yet and something you didn't think lilo and stitch no god that would be weird that would be really weird okay not lilo and stitch is it older or it's older than that way older older, uh, way older than that something you would never thought they'd see I mean, we've already done Snow White stories. Pinocchio, like we were just talking about. Cinderella, like we were just talking about. Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King have all been done. Little Mermaid's on its way. Oliver and Company? Close. The Aristocats. The Aristocats. A live action version of the Aristocats? And all I can think of what is the ca- like Cats, the live action, like Cats the musical that came out. That's all I can think of. And I don't think it's going to be like that. But when you say live action Aristocats, all I can think about is the Cats, the musical movie that came out. And that was horrible. I mean, I did I did watch it with Shiloh because we're like, we love good, like we love bad movies. So every once in a while, we just sit down and watch one and like, you know, drink and have fun. But we were both just like, what the fuck is this? And that's all I can think about when I think of a live action Aristocats. Well, yeah, that was the heck. Again, some things just shouldn't be remade. Some things need to be just left alone. You want to make a live action movie about a bunch of cats? I feel like that's a bad idea. They already did that and it was panned by literally everyone. I don't know. I feel like it's going to be, they're going to be like soulless looking cats, like all the characters in Lion King, but that still hit a billion somehow. I don't know who kept going and seeing that movie over and over because we saw it once. Thought it was trash and never looked back. No, I forget that it exists. And that's okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, but yeah, I guess so I that, yeah, the that's trailer for that one, I've still least. never watched the Lady and the Tramp one because I just didn't like the look of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I never did either. I, I, t- I actually completely forgot that did exist. <laughs> yeah. Because they put it straight on Disney Plus pretty early. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. So the other thing that I have, which I'm a little bit more excited about. Uh, but they announced today that they're making a god like they're continuing. Con- uh, oh my god, they're continuing the MonsterVerse uh, with a Godzilla um, TV series on Apple TV. That's essentially going to continue the story of Godzilla and I guess Kong from like Godzilla and Kong Skull Island. So I'm interested. I wasn't the biggest, I mean, like Godzilla versus King Kong was okay. Kong Skull Island, awesome. The first Godzilla, great. Um, so I'm more interested, I am interested to see what they do with it, but it's also hard because I'm like, that feels like it would be an expensive TV show just for the CGI. Yeah. But at the same time, I read the synopsis and it's like, we're going to talk about Godzilla and this family that's discovering deep dark secrets. I'm like, oh my fucking God, it doesn't work. We just want monsters. We don't want yeah. family drama. Don't care about the family drama. Oh my gosh, yeah. So I'm like, I'm going <sighs> to watch it because maybe if you hash out the family drama in a TV series, 
while still having a monster, maybe it will be better. That's it's like I don't know what happened. Like both of them had good solo films, like their origin solo films were great, but then the sequels were just not great. Like if if you did a super cut and just had all the monster fighting and all the you know King Kong versus Godzilla duking it out moments versus Mega Godzilla, fine. But man, the human stories are so bland in those ones. Yeah, I mean, the, like Skull Island, love that movie. Had a great time. Like they really like balanced the monster fighting with the human stuff. Mm-hmm. But you know, in Godzilla, at least the human stuff was interesting. Well, it was more like a disaster film. Well, yeah, Brian Cranston acting his balls off too. Yeah, they were. Yeah. So yeah, he's great, but. Yeah, just the, the sequels though. Ugh. God. Again, good moments with the monster fighting, but getting there is rough. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm like, I want more, but I just want them to make it and then like cut down the human stuff by like 60% and just give us the monster fights. Yes. Totally yeah. Is. Anyway, so I thought that was kind of interesting. We'll see. Um, the only reason I have Apple TV is because I have an iPhone and I think we get it through like our carrier for free. Okay. okay. So there's, I, it, it's not, not a show it. that I would pay extra to see, but since I have it, I'll check it out. Yeah, let's see. How was a pilot episode of uh, How I Met Your Father? Oh my God. I was so mad the entire time. <laughs> I was like watching it and I'm like, this is bad. And Charlie doesn't even like How I Met Your Mother. And she's like, yeah, this is pretty bad. I'm like, oh, yeah, I thought so. But it kind of upset me. Like, I guess it's kind of like the same thing, but they're not even using the woman who ended up being the mother as the mother because, like, the original spinoff, like, fell through and now they just kind of recast it and everything. Well, it's just, I don't know. It just never, it, it got show stuck doing in development own, hell. It's a show doing its own thing. With the same premise. Well, it's the same premise. I, I Still don't know. Set in New York. My whole thing is, I didn't laugh at all. I watched the pilot, didn't laugh at all. Yeah, and I'll give it. It's hard because I'm like, yeah, the first, like, how much your mother's pilot is also still pretty good. While pilots can be rough, like, yeah, I didn't enjoy it. It's kind of weird seeing Hillary Duff because the only thing I ever saw her in was Lizzie McGuire. Well, Lizzie McGuire's all grown up, going on Tinder dates now. Yeah, I just wasn't a fan. It just... I thought about giving episode two, maybe three a shot, but it's funny because I think it was like last Thursday I watched I watched the pilot and I haven't thought about it since. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to at least hate watch it a little bit and just try and have some fun with it. My problem is unless, I can. It, unless it gets substantially better, I'm just always going to be comparing it to How I Met Your Mother. Well, that's the hardest part. Like, honestly, when they, at the end of the first episode, spoilers alert for How I Met Your Father, at the end of the first episode, they walk in and they have Lily, Marshall, and Ted's apartment. I just, like, was like, I literally, as soon as that happened, I'm like, fuck you. (laughs) I was like, but it's called How I Met Your Father. You think they wouldn't connect? I'm like, I understand that it's connected, even though it's not, but it is. That's gonna be the one connection, just the. But just the I'm like apartment. the same apartment, and they're they like they even left their swords. swords. I'm like, fuck you. 
I was not happy with that. I was not happy at all. <laughs> so, yeah. I didn't expect it to be good, but it did actively piss me off. <laughs> so, I don't know. It is it is what it is. I didn't really have high hopes. I'm going to watch. They have one more episode up now. I'm sure another one will go up soon. I'm going to watch a couple more because I'll give it past the pilot, but I don't know. It's not going to be like brand new How Much Mother. How Much Mother is How Much Mother. This is something that I have yeah. to try and separate. But anyway, that's I did not care for it. Be like having a home improvement sequel with one of the boys and his family. It just wouldn't work. It wouldn't be the same show. No, but like make him like a techie or something. Yeah. Maybe just like te- like uh, Randy. Yeah. That'd be horrible. Randy working at a yeah, Intel like company. <laughs> Yeah. just wouldn't be the same i don't know i guess that can kind of segue us into other stuff we saw this week did you see anything else uh the only movie i watched uh was it's been a while but i was kind of shallow and i both really love this movie and we kind of like uh we were just kind of jonesing for it so we sat down on sunday and we watched the mummy with brendan fraser oh fun i haven't seen that movie i mean they have them on hbo and Shiloh, I, I love it because like that's one of the movies and I'm like, this movie's just fucking fun. Like, yeah, the CGI didn't age super well, but honestly, it comes from a time when one, Brendan Fraser was a leading man, which I miss him so much. But yeah, not just in movies, a leading man in movies. A leading man. But then too, also, I'm like, I was just looking at Shiloh, I'm like, man, they do not make adventure movies like this anymore. Like this movie feels mm-hmm. like on the same scale as like an Indiana Jones movie. They tried with like Jungle Cruise. And again, that, that beat my expectations better. I thought the movie was going to be trash and it was better than I thought it was going to be, but it's just not the same. Not like The Mummy was. No, I mean, The Mummy is hilariously great. Like, Brendan Fraser, it, I still laughed several times throughout the movie. I enjoyed rewatching it. It's been a while, but damn, we just ha- sat down and had a great time, man. And honestly, still holds up pretty well, except for the CGI on a couple spots. And the I fact that it's just that fucking ridiculous. For all time's but- sake, yeah. It's fun. It's just a fun movie. Hmm. Maybe I'll watch that tonight. <laughs> yeah, I guess for me, we're going to do like a shout out. Shout out to the Academy Theater. This, they're in the middle of doing a Harry Potter marathon. They started with Sorcerer's Stone and every week then playing in order. Last night I went and saw Goblet of, Go, excuse me, Goblet of Fire on the big screen. And that was awesome. A lot of fun doing that yeah batman on the big screen too batman was in a harry potter film up and coming batman oh my god i'm like what they're playing a batman movie no 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 okay no that well on aside um next to that too they're doing the original mad max trilogy so this was the second one road warrior this week and then next week's gonna be thunderdome or beyond thunderdome i've never seen that one so i actually might go see that on the big screen next week and if there's time, maybe um, order the Phoenix. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah, just doing a little shout out to the Academy Theater for uh, playing some fun stuff, fun oldies. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So yeah, that's me this week. I guess in the last week I've watched Chamber of Secrets. I watched a quick recap video for Azkaban and then went straight into Goblet of Fire for scene in theaters. But yeah. Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thanks. Well, Daniel, shall we get on to our main movie on tap here? 
Yes. Let's do it. Let's talk Bing the Ricardos. Lucy, I'm home. Why is this coming out now? Lucille Ball's a threat to the American way of life. Does the FBI have any case against Lucy? I need you to help me save my marriage. How many times I gotta explain where I was and what I was doing? You gotta explain. Are you being funny right now? I'm Lucille Ball. When I'm being funny, you'll know. This is getting out of hand. Madness. Have you been cheating on me? The story's made up. If they boo me? If they boo you, we're done. So being the Ricardos, written and directed by Aaron Sorkin, starring Nicole Kidman and the guy from Bond, Javier Bardem, and Nina Arianda. As well as J.K. Simmons. Yes, can't leave him out. Nice little cast there. So, do the quick synopsis here. Follows Lucy and Desi as they face a crisis that could end their careers and another one that could end their marriage. So, yeah, this, this movie takes place in the span of a week. We have some people sort of in the present time. I don't know if they're out, any of them are still alive, but kind of in the more present time talking about the story you know they're writers a part of the i love lucy show and then we've got some fun flashbacks of lucy and desi meeting or lucille i don't know uh i'm so curious what you what do you thought of this um i guess quick brief history with the i love lucy slash lucille ball slash desi uh my initial thoughts well one uh this is a movie that came out last year um but it's something that i thought looked interesting we just never got around to seeing and since there wasn't anything new this week that we wanted to check out uh i brought up this one because it was streaming on amazon prime and uh i don't know i mean you actually i didn't realize it until you said it that it was the same director who directed the trial of the chicago seven which i loved that movie last year um, so that made me even more interested. So just going into it, I was pretty excited. Like I was hoping to, I wasn't sure what exactly to expect. I wasn't sure if it was more biopic or I don't, I, I just didn't know quite what to expect. Um, and especially like the only, I don't have a lot of like nostalgia for I Love Lucy. I just remember watching reruns probably at like, probably just on basic like basic TV, like at home or at our grandparents' house, like every once in a while, like not a ton of exposure, but I knew, I know what I Love Lucy is. No of it, yeah. Yeah, anyhow, I've seen episodes. I mean, so if, someone, if someone were asked, name your grandma's favorite two shows, for me, I'd be like, oh, MASH and I Love Lucy. Yeah. So, you know, going into it, I'm like, okay, I have work, I have functional knowledge of like the show, but not necessarily... I don't know anything about Lucille Ball or Desi Arnaz in their like actual lives outside of the show. So going, you know, and watching it, how it's kind of like kind of a documentary, but also more of like a directed, like scripted movie to like, it feels, I don't know. It feels a little bit different than a, a traditional biopic, I guess. I don't know why. I guess it's because it has that like documentary style. With the interview with the writers. Yeah. Yeah. But I also didn't realize that this whole 
movie was going to revolve around a single week of production while simultaneously running with the fact that Lucille Ball was accused of being a communist, which in the back in this time, which I remember learning about some history class that, you know, it's kind of like how you just get your neighbors in trouble you, or, you know, like tons of like actors were actually blacklisted because people would just accuse them of being a communist. And because they took it so seriously, you would just get blacklisted with little more than an afterthought. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't know. And that was kind of like an interesting surprise, which kind of added a lot of tension to the movie. And I was, I don't know, but I, I it was not what I expected. But I, I honestly overall really enjoyed the movie as a whole. Like, I really enjoyed, actually, I really enjoyed the movie, period, I guess. But I guess that, that's enough for my initial thoughts. Yeah, I guess for my initial thoughts, uh, as far as, like, Lucille Ball and I Love Lucy go, um, obviously, I've known the show's existence for years. Like you, watched a few episodes growing up now, here and there as a child. It was one of our grandma's favorite shows. So, naturally, we just saw a few episodes Love the seal ball in yours, my and ours. That's one of my favorite comedies of all time. It's actually spoiler on my top 10 movies from childhood. Go check out that episode. <laughs> it's on there. Um, so yeah, I always lo- knew who the seal ball was knew about Isla Lucy. Um, I'll tell you one thing. I guess I did not never occurred to me. Just never looked into it. I guess I never knew that Lucille Ball and Desi were actually married in real life. I never knew that. Okay. That is something I did know going into it. I don't know if I heard about it. I never, I maybe just forgot about it, but to my knowledge, I never knew that they were actually married in real life, let alone married for 10 years before the show even aired ever. So that Mm -hmm. was crazy too. I, yeah, I had no idea. So interesting stuff. Yeah, I was a little distracted watching this movie because I kept pausing and like looking up stuff on IMDb. Like, so what year was this happening or what year is this? So they're married here, this and this. Yeah, I kept like looking around at stuff. Like, what does she do? All right, what does she do then before I Love Lucy movies? Come to find out, they talk about in the movie, she was in a movie with Henry Fonda years before Years, Mine and Ours. Yeah, overall, I was looking forward to seeing this movie and I heard, yeah, Lucille Ball, Desi movie uh written directed by aaron sorkin which i gotta say overall um i definitely like his writing style for the most part i do too he's a very i like the dialogue between the characters a lot yeah he's a very talented writer and yeah so hearing him talk about gonna tell a story about lucille ball and dizzy arnaz i'm like okay that'd be that'd be cool his directing style is pretty good overall uh he's directed three films as of now molly's game the trials of the chicago seven and now being the ricardos i gotta say overall he's a pretty fine director for the most part i don't know overall i enjoyed myself watching this film i was definitely learning new things i don't I don't know it's tough for me to say if i really really i didn't love the movie like i didn't fall in love with it at, by any stretch but it was still overall a good movie i, I, I guess i was having a hard time trying to decide if, is this a really good bad movie or is it a bad movie that just happens to be fluffed up and good I, I couldn't make up my mind but overall i think it's a very good movie i just don't know how much rewatchability it's got for me but i enjoyed it i enjoyed the two leads quite a bit um yeah i thought that both nicole kinman and javier were great in their roles both of them slightly older than what the people they were playing but still i thought did a great job i mean it's, it's crazy to think that nicole kinman is 55 years old yeah because she looked 
because Lucille, I think, was 40 when I Love Lucy started. And Nicole Kidman looked 40 in this. Yeah, because they mentioned that, like, she says she's 35, but then, like, but you're actually 39, aren't you? So, yeah, she was about 40, some, somewhere around 40 when they started I Love Lucy. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess to finish up my initial thoughts, overall, I enjoyed myself. Yeah, I guess I'm just going to leave it at that. Overall, enjoyed the movie for the most part. And I thought there was a lot of good strong moments in it. I guess maybe it just felt like in some ways it dragged on a little bit. The pacing, I don't know, just felt like it dragged a little bit. But it also could be I didn't start it till 10, 30 at night also. That can probably have an effect on it. Probably. Yeah, because I think it was at least 10 o'clock when I started it. Yeah. But yeah, so with that said, let's talk about some of the good parts. What what did you think of the day-to-day thing? So it takes well, place in a week. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and we did mention it that like essentially the whole synopsis is we have flashbacks of like earlier like careers with Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz, you know, like how they meet, how they fall in love initially, you know, but then most the bulk of the movie does take place in like the present, which was do you know what year it started? I don't know because so I am the I'm under the impression so let's see because they said something at the very end of it that the last episode aired in 1960 of I Love Lucy, but if you go to IMDb and it says I Love Lucy went from 51 to 57. Let me go pull it up real quick. I Love Lucy. Yeah, it says 1951 to 1957, and 181 episodes. I don't know, because they said something about 1960 at the very end of the credits. Like, like they say, like, show ended in 1960. After their final episode, Lucille Ball filed for divorce. So okay. I was kind of like, what? I don't know. Wow, their neighbors were in almost every single episode also. Vivian, yeah. uh, Ethel, and Fred. Ethel. Ethel. Ethel, Ethel sorry. But, uh, yeah, okay. So anyway, but what I honestly what I liked is not only was like I thought I was just gonna see a biopic of just like you know the making of I Love Lucy and like Desi Arnaz and Lucille Ball uh but what I didn't expect was the it was broken up into one week where we start with a table read for a new episode and by the end of the week they're doing the live filming in front of a studio audience of that episode the in the in between drama is a lot of like oh like the main crux of it is what they talk about is like the Lucille Ball being essentially indirectly named as a communist on a very famous radio show um and them literally taking it very seriously because like if you're because at that time it seems somewhat ridiculous now but i, I remember at that times like learning about that from history class that if you're just accused of being comments it ruins your fucking life essentially like you can get deported you can get you your life can 100 be derailed from like something like this and i even looked up a few like famous people who were famously blacklisted from hollywood because of being accused as communists like some of the notable ones are charlie chaplin was accused and deported after being or accused and deported by the FBI after someone accused him of being a communist. Um, another one 
was Orson Welles was also blacklisted from Hollywood after being accused as a communist. And I thought that was kind of interesting. But so they took it very seriously. The American public took it very seriously. The FBI took it very seriously because at that point, like the biggest threat to American, the American way was the Red Scare. So what what was the year? Did you get the year that this was taking place in? I mean, it's in a time span. It jumps around, but I think it said from nine, between 1952 and 1955. Okay, but the specific week though. The specific week was probably 1955. Okay, because anyway, show's huge, show's a huge hit, mega hit. Everybody knows about it. Everybody knows who they are. And yeah, so this is the, the whole movie revolves around the stress of this week. And not only is this stuff coming down the paper that Lucille Ball is potentially a communist, also she's suspecting Desi of cheating on her as well, too. So it's a very stressful week in the I Love Lucy well, and World. also the fact that they also announced that Lucille Ball is pregnant mm-hmm. and they're trying to like get that worked into the show so they don't have to work around it. Daniel, you can't say pregnant. Yeah, which again, seems so ridiculous now, but like you can't even say, I just like how like they even talk to execs just like, well, children watch our show and be like, do they have older brothers or sisters? Like, what's the big deal? You know, like... <laughs> I anything it, it, it's, to, it's, I guess it's it's always been anything to not talk to your kids about sex. I guess because you're always like, well, they gotta wonder about kids. If anything else, maybe you don't tell them how babies get creative, but they know that mommy gets pregnant and then has a child. Hey, look, and they were a married couple on TV too. It's like married couple on TV are gonna have a baby. The fact that it's like, oh, risk it. You're like, like, oh, a married couple on TV having a baby. You're like, that seems so conservative, you know, but it's just like, that's too much. I'm like, <laughs> I like how they're like, well, Ricky and Lucy sleep in separate beds. How are they going to do that? I'm like, well, then we push the beds together. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, damn. It's like, or yeah, it's like, well, um, somehow that, yeah, somehow their parents figured it out. I'm sure they could figure it out. Yeah, they're like, who watches the show? Children? Christians? Well, like, so earlier today, I watched part of an episode of I Love Lucy just randomly. I went to Hulu. I was going to watch the pilot, but the first four episodes were missing, so I just watched whatever the first one was. And at one part, Ricky's getting ready for bed, so Ricky is walking around shirtless for a moment. So I'm like, we can see him shirtless, but we can't mention the word pregnant. Yeah. So I... Yeah. And I thought that was... I don't know. It, like it, it's interesting. I enjoyed like because it seems weird now because you know obviously we've come a long way in like what we get to see on TV since 1955 to I just, 2022. I just, I just can't smoke. Now you just can't smoke and you can't see, see a child getting shot. That's yeah. pretty much it. And that's just us because I always forget. I watch a lot of anime and people smoke constantly that I almost forget that when I'm watching just like something live action, like that's right. If it's, if you're smoking, it's automatically rated R. So, so you don't see it a lot, which still seems so fucking stupid. Well, this is why it's weird. in like period pieces is, uh, oh, I'm going to go another beer real quick. I'm beerless. Okay. I'll be right back. Jordan's going to be right back. And now this 
nothing i was just like and now that i mean you'll hear it when you edit but i said and now this and i just started humming and i started laughing because i was humming a song and then zoom was like are you listening to music and it gave me a suggestion i'm like no no i'm not i'm humming right now so punk rock time i've had that one in ipa oh by barlick beer all right cool back with another beer yeah I went through that other one quick. All right, where were we? Talking about pregnant on TV and not being able to talk about pregnancy on TV. Where else were yes. we? So I guess what I like, so yeah, we got this stressful week going on, which I don't know, if we're going to have a Lucille Ball slash Desi movie, I, honestly, I really enjoyed the flashbacks, how they met them in early Hollywood, her being on that radio show and things like that. I wanted more of, them in the 40s than in the i love lucy era you wanted more of a classic biopic more or less but i would just those scenes intrigued me more for some reason i enjoyed watching that stuff more like i forget the name i don't like that's the thing like that's why i'm kind of like yeah like i thought i was getting to more classic like where it's like we start from like early career move to when they you know meet to when they form the show to the show being a hit and you know like everything that comes with that and after that and honestly i did love the flashbacks usually i mean honestly with most modern movies flashbacks can be like either the best part of the movie or the worst part of the movie Mm -hmm. Um, but i think the flashbacks did really well and i honestly still loved everything that took place in the week i loved going through the different like days to like how like a table read progresses for or we start with a table read i enjoyed that too yeah to like running through the script on set to the next day set with props to the next day kind of like and always like improving on the scene and working on it until the final air day you know i honestly i don't know why that really works for me but i i just really enjoyed that a lot and i also thought it was kind of cool to see them like you know, if you're you're looking to see like the loose like the Lucy character, you're gonna be a little bit disappointed because there is very little of the actual Lucy because it's more Lucille Ball as a person. Mm-hmm. Which and if nothing else, if I can't say anything about the movie or anything else about the movie, I added the Lucille Ball autobiography to my Amazon cart after watching this. And like I just want to know no more about her as a person now. Well, so- yeah funny you bring that up i randomly reading some uh, comments on uh youtube somebody talked about this podcast out there called the plot thickens and i guess in their third season which i think they're doing now yeah in their third season it's all about lucille ball so it starts with mm-hmm. her being born in new york and jamestown her being in new york city going up to hollywood meeting desi like just one episode after another so i got i love lucy is the name of one episode then red scares the next boss lady twilight uh yeah so now oh, here's a bonus episode of aaron sorkin sweet anyway that i'm like i was the same way i want to learn more about the steel ball now and that i think i'm gonna start listening to that podcast 
Sound okay, like really I just cool... I just added it. That sounds awesome. I'll try yeah. start checking that out. The plot thickens. Uh, but honestly, because I... like you know, I knew they were married, but also like Hollywood married couple. You know, now we're just like, oh, they never last. But there's probably a lot more infidelity that we don't know about, and they definitely go in this more on Desi Arnaz's side. Like that's part of like one of the subplots of the movies while the red scare like fiasco is going on lucy's also thinking that desi's cheating on her but from what i read because they don't playing cards they don't bring this up in the movie but lucille ball apparently also cheats on desi arnaz quite a bit as well okay so i'm like okay to be fair it went on both sides but maybe they were putting like this was the beginning of because essentially like by the end of the I don't know. I guess that's that's spoilery. I don't know. But, you know, so I I did look that up. I'm like, okay, okay. They don't, they do, they're very one-sided about that in the movie, but also it kind of leads up to a certain point where maybe timeline-wise that actually like, oh, Lucille wasn't cheating on Desi, but once she finds it out, they're just kind of like, their marriage is for looks only because they even say by the end of the movie that like, after the last episode of I Love Lucy aired, she announces a divorce with Desi Arnaz. So it seems like they were probably, ma- by the end, married and pretty much name only. Yeah, I mean, they were definitely a power couple. I mean, one of the my favorite things in the movie is like when Desi Arnaz is like, with his band is like rocking out a, a club. I love those and, scenes. And I, I, I wish like, we oh, had clubs like that. I want to get dressed up in a tie and suit and go to a club like that. Goodfellas all the way. Heck yeah. But no, I, I love those scenes. You know, I love that part where he's like, You can come visit me at the club more often. She's like, You don't actually want that. She's like, Because I'm more famous than you. So, and then like they cut to her being all dressed up at the club, sitting at a booth by herself. And they're just taking picture after picture. People are coming up, being like, Oh my God, you're Lucille Ball. Wow, that's crazy. And like when he, she walks out with Desi Arnaz at the end, like of his set they're all just trying to get signatures and photographs with her and i thought that was hilarious that was funny i also want to watch one thing um so they talked about they went they did a flashback to early 40s and they were talking about her being in that movie with henry fonda i forgot the name of it the big street or something like that i think so big street pulling it up here big street yeah the big street i want to watch that just because I never knew they were in another movie together. And I love them so much in Yours, Mine, and Ours. But that was 1968. Right. So I, I would love to go 26 years earlier and see what they were like when they're both young. And see if they, I don't know if they were together in this movie, but it'd be cool if they if they had chemistry in this movie too. I don't know. I, I do, it would just be so curious. But yeah, because I love Yours, Mine, and Ours so much. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, I know you do. Um, you know, I guess we should go into a few likes specifically about the movie. We've kind of, we talked about general. Um, one of the things that I loved is when you're first seeing them at the table read and, you know, they're talking about like Lucille Ball, like getting accused of being a communist. And before Desi Arnaz and Lucille Ball, like get to the table read, you have the uh, JK Simmons character and oh God, what the other woman is like, Ethel's character, and I don't know what her husband's character's name is. So um, Will, Will, or they call him Bill. So William, but they call him Bill and Bill. Viv- Vivian. Yeah, Bill and Vivian. Like their character, like interacting, which because Vivian, like Vivian was essentially saying, like, oh my God, like 
do you know how ridiculous this is now? Like they're having a seven-year-old sign a loyalty pledge to the United States for like some other show. And then like Bill's characters, like JK Simmons as Bill is just getting confused. Like the seven-year-old's a communist. You're like, no, it's just weird. I'm just saying it's ridiculous. Then he's like, if he's a if he's a communist, I don't give a shit. I'll beat the hell out of a seven-year-old if he's a communist. <laughs> what, I, what, let's talk about his. Did you like, I love JK Simmons in this. I thought he was great. Honestly, I love Jackie. He's an amazing actor. So to have his character be like the goofy Bill, but like more of like behind the scenes, he's more of like an old like vaudeville actor. He's more of like the sage character. And I, well, and I he guess kind of um, drops little bits of knowledge and like advice for the I, younger cast. I guess Bill and Vivian didn't like each other at all. They played a couple, you know, they were, they were the married couple neighbors next door, neighbors down the hall all throughout the entire series but yeah i guess guess they didn't like each other at all the actors in real life (laughs) which i mean makes sense and one thing they showed it good in this (laughs) one of the trivias that i i liked like looking at like after the movie was apparently aaron sorkin had no idea about this type of like baggage or like got like you know scandal between lucille ball and desi arnaz until he took on the project and when he started doing research for the project, he's like, oh, fuck, there's a lot more here than he thought. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he probably eventually, like, initially had in his mind that he was going to do, like, a basic biopic. And then as he did research, it kind of shaped, like, oh, well, now I'm going to focus on the scandal and, like, the infidelity between Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz, which, honestly, here. it feels very Aaron Sorkin. Like, it kind, it does feel like this Chicago 7 I still like that movie more than this movie, but it definitely had like, except for the flashbacks in this movie, well, we're flashbacks slash, or we'd cut to like the actual writers in real life being interviewed. Mm-hmm. So that's what made it feel more like a documentary. That was another thing I liked too. I liked the behind the scenes, like the writer room, how they had like ideas all end up for this week. We have this idea. Wait, we haven't flushed out these episodes yet, but here's the idea for this week's episode, this next week's episode. I thought that was cool. I did like that too. Yeah, there, there's a lot of stuff I liked about this movie. I mean, if it's got to take place in a week, it was cool seeing the instead of just like, I don't know, was it Monday? Is it Tuesday now? Is it the next day? Like, I just loved how every, every, every week, every, so it's a week, you know, Monday through Friday, every day was a new chapter, if you will. I liked that a lot. I thought that was a really well put together thing. Mm-hmm. I liked the behind the scenes of the show. The flashbacks were great. The music throughout was pretty good, especially like during those jazz court scenes. I love that stuff so much. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of positive. I, I, I don't know. But for some reason, this movie's not an A plus for me. I don't know why. Man, what it's did not. you what did you dislike in the movie? It, it's hard to pinpoint. I don't know. Um, I get this for me. I like the flashbacks so much. I wanted more of that story, not this Red Scare, the week of the Red Scare. That was fine for for a story, I guess, but I guess I wanted more of their backstory and stuff like that. I just wanted I wanted more, which I guess right. is not a bad thing if it left you wanting more. Because like I said, now I want to listen to that podcast. Yeah. I'm so glad I just read that random um, comment <laughs> yesterday because I was like, oh, what, what is that podcast? Let me subscribe and check it out i know now i just want more so i guess yeah. they did a good job as far as that goes i i don't know like because i'm i think this is probably around a minus for me but for some reason it's just not an a plus again okay. maybe it's just the pacing maybe it just went just a pinch slower than i would have liked i mean i don't mind i don't mind when stuff flushes out and you know you get a lot of build up 
character build and stuff, stuff like that. But for some reason, it still felt like it moved a little, little slower than it could have from start to finish. Okay. So I guess I can see that. Personally, I didn't have a problem with it. Uh, I quite enjoyed it. I, I did. It did leave me wanting more. And it did ma- make me think, I'm like, yeah, I definitely want to rewatch this movie in a little bit. Honestly, like, because I think it's just the type of, like, style. Like, honestly, between what was what was the other one? Emily's or not Emily's game. Molly's game. Molly's game. Yeah. Have you seen that yet? Yeah, we watched that. Okay. But oh, I remember, did, yeah, that's right. We did. Wait, did we cover that on the show? We I didn't think cover so. That on the show, but I remember watching Molly's Game and enjoying that movie. But I think between those three, I would have to say it's Chicago Seven, being the Ricardos, then Molly's Game. Maybe if I saw Molly's Game again, it'd be bumped up a little higher. But I don't think it'd be above the Chicago Seven. It's just his writing style and the dialogue between characters. It really works for me, kind of like how Tarantino dialogue just really works. That that's why I love like. The Hateful Eight is just because it's all dialogue driven. Mm-hmm. And I do enjoy movies that are written well and that the dialogue kind of like takes precedent because the interaction between the characters is brilliant. Like I could definitely understand that you'd want more of their early life together, but they kind of very much gloss over that. Have, um, you, ever, have, have you ever seen A Few Good Men? That was the first screenplay he ever wrote. I have not. Okay. But that has like Tom Cruise and like uh, Demi Moore, Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. God, why can't I think of his name? But yeah, so honestly, I still really like this movie. It's not quite as high as Chicago 7. I think it might be above Molly's game, but I'd have to rewatch that. To yeah, know for he's sure. still a brilliant writer. I mean, The Social Network is still one of my favorite movies that came out in the last 10 years. I still to this day love that movie. It, it's just it's amazing yeah so yeah I, yeah and i think overall he's um coming along as a director too he's again he has the three molly's game chicago seven and now this and i think he's doing a pretty good job as a director he's definitely you know been on sets you know probably there to you know write new pages for different things and i think he's come along i think you know just being around directors and stuff i think he's learned a lot from the last couple of decades and he's doing a good job right now with directing yeah. like, i mean I personally i i personally enjoy the style of his directing and writing so i'll probably watch anything he he makes you know until it stops being good but overall i i do find his films very enjoyable i found this one extremely enjoyable i enjoyed the dialogue i enjoyed the interaction between characters i enjoyed the story overall and how it moved from day to day and every day we're moving through a different stage in production for a single episode yeah yeah overall i enjoyed it uh i don't know should we grade it out here i think we any, any other last thoughts i mean it sounds like um, you honestly overall... uh, my last thoughts is that i did really enjoy it it's on amazon prime if it sounds interesting, go watch it. Just be prepared. You're not going to get the Lucy character. You're going to get the Lucille Ball. I did I did like those moments, though, where they showed, they did show Nicole Kidman as Lucy in black and white, as if, you know, parts of the show had been shot. Those are fun. Yeah. And she really did look like Lucille Ball or Lucy Ricardo. Yes. But also, oh my God, like some of the things that I loved was like her exit interview after doing that big production uh what was it something street big street the big street you know yeah. and she's having like a meeting with the studio head and he's like oh man call me call me betsy for all i care you did great 
Then a little bit later, like, but we're dropping your contracts. So we don't have any work for you. And that whole interaction interaction ends. And she's like, okay. She's like, fuck yourself, Betsy. <laughs> and then just like leaves the room. And oh my God, that had me rolling. I love that so much. Yeah. <laughs> like, just fuck yourself, Betsy. But well, I'm trying I, to think because so. and I loved any time like they're having the meetings with the studio head or like you know with the people in charge of the show when they're like, Oh, you can't say pregnant on TV. She's like, What that just means I fucked my husband. Then all of them are like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, that was hilarious. Don't don't talk like that. That's gross. Oh, and Agent Colson, too. Yeah, that what, was what that- was the show she was on called? Who? the the radio show oh that was i want to say all my like my my husband or something something well it's, it's weird too because it, it seemed like she went straight from the big street to just doing radio for a while and then i love lucy but she's got a lot of credits in between the big street and i love lucy like movie credits so i i don't know I think it's My Favorite Husband is the name of the show. My Favorite Husband? Okay. And then since it was a radio thing, I don't know if IMDb has it. I don't see it. But but yeah, it's weird. So I, I don't know, because it made it sound like after that movie, straight to radio, then from radio, I Love Lucy. But there's still a lot of credits of movies. I mean, after. yeah, I did check it out because I'm like, yeah, there's a lot more credits than they make it seem like they're just hitting the high watermarks to like kind of. But Daniel's Dan right though. That exit, that exit interview was great. I thought. Fuck you, Betsy. Oh, and I mean, back I love anytime they met with like the studio heads, cracked me up to the point where they're like, well, you know what? We're just going to telegraph the uh, the head of the studio, and he's going to let us know, and whatever he decides, I'm fine with. You know, and they're like, okay. And then I love when at towards the end they get the telegraph and he gives it to them. And then he just like dances off. And then they reach like, what does it say? He's like, don't fuck with the Cuban. <laughs> they just like pretty much said, like, do whatever the fuck he says. He's making us so much fucking money. Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> I and I'm curious to know more about his character too, that uh Desi. I'm curious to learn more about him as well. I mean, now I feel like I'm going to probably listen to a couple podcasts, maybe watch an actual documentary about them. Mm -hmm. At the very least, I really want to read. There was a few, uh, you know, Lucille Ball, like autobiographies that I want to check out just because, I mean, and I guess that's my main takeaway. It left me wanting more, but also like any kind of biopic or like something about history should yeah, movies are movies. They're usually not 100% accurate. So it encouraged me to go and pick up a book to learn more. And that's, I think that's still What's a win. the book again? Uh, it was just the, I, I'd have to check my Amazon card, but it was like an autobiography or a biography about Lucille Ball's life. Okay, nice. Oh, one more thing I wanted to mention that's kind of crazy. So they talk about this in the beginning, that writer, how nowadays a hit TV show is like, you get 10 million viewers, 10 million viewers, you have a hit, which honestly, it almost seems like you get four and a half million viewers these days, you have a hit. Yeah. And how back in the 1950s, Lucille, or I Love Lucy was bringing in 60 million viewers per week, which is, here's what makes that even crazier is not only, so he mentioned like, you know, 10, 15 million, you have a hit these days. 
60 million back then. What's even crazier though is like again, it feels like these days five million viewers a week and you have a hit now. Yeah. And the population of the US is what at least 330 million at least. Back in night, I looked this up back in 1955 when when I Love Lucy was getting 60 million views a week, the population of the US was only 165 million. So you have Damn. more than a third of the country tuning in to watch your show every single week. Which just puts that so much in perspective because they do mention that like, yeah, like can, like uh, stores used to op- be open later on Mondays to get in more traffic. But when Isle of Lucy was airing, they moved it to Thursday because literally, I mean, you saying that now makes so much more sense. Literally a third of the country is sitting down and watch Isle of Lucy instead of doing anything else. And yeah, when one in three is watching you week after week too, I mean, you want to talk about you being a household name and everybody knows who you are. Yeah. Yeah. You want to talk having a, being a household name back in the day when one in three is tuned into you every single week. I mean, that's just crazy to think about. Yeah. Over one in three. Yeah. I mean, and that's one in three every week. That means that still two out of the three are still watching it sometimes. Yeah. Maybe not every week, but they're watching it. Just so crazy to think about. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, again, like the music quite a bit. Overall, I really did enjoy this myself watching this. I think if I were to grade it out, I give this an A minus. It's not a perfect movie, but it was still very damn good, very well acted, great writing. I, I like Sorkin a lot, and it's fun hearing him on interviews too. He was just on Victory the podcast last week. Fun hearing an interview with him. Um, I don't know what else to say. Enjoyed it overall. Not a perfect movie. Again, maybe it's just pinch too slow for me. But other than that, solid. Yeah, honestly, um, yeah, I'd probably give it a solid A. I want to give it an A+, because I did really enjoy it, but I don't think it's quite there. I like Chicago 7 more, and I don't even know what I gave that. Probably an A+, maybe an A-. I'm going to give it a solid A. You were pretty high on that one. I I know I was pretty high, because that movie was awesome. It was great. Um, I need to watch that again. I definitely, I I know after this, Mike, fuck yeah, I'm going to watch that again. And now I want to watch Molly's Game. But honestly, really loved it. Um, loved the character interactions, and that's big for me. The dialogue was great. I loved the moving from day to day. As we're moving through the storyline, we're also moving through the stages of production for a single episode. Um, and then I also loved all the behind the scenes, like drama with them, like trying to like make it so they can have Lucy pregnant on the show. I don't, like everything worked for me it it really did just like nailed it this is the exact type of movie that i love to watch so honestly solid a like it's, it's only solid a it might be an a plus if i hadn't already seen the chicago seven and i'm okay. like okay that movie is better than this movie in certain aspects but so i'm just gonna be a solid a i really like this movie i would recommend it to people i think i'll probably rewatch it not too long from now but probably after I rewatch his other movies. Heck yeah. All right. Well, that concludes our review of Being the Ricardos. Check it out on Amazon Prime, which I don't know if we mentioned that at all. Stream it on Amazon Prime.
we definitely did mention it but yes stream it on amazon prime go watch it it's free if you have amazon check it out all right well where can they find us daniel they can find us online on movies underscore brews instagram and twitter let us know what you thought best aaron sorgan's film worst aaron sorgan's film who knows who aaron sorgan is let us know All right, everybody. Well, hey, thanks for downloading the show. If you like it, share with others. It helps the show grow. And we'll talk to you next time. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.